She calls me and uh-huh. she's like, Estrella, Entourage is filming right next door. A manager who was very powerful in the business. The first thing that they said is, you're too curvy. Okay. Yeah, you should you should lose 20 pounds. And is that ass real? Because if it is, we should lipo it off. Welcome everyone to episode 3 of 1000 Failures. I'm your host, Darius Marcellin. And today I have actress Estrella Nori who was on Two Broke Girls, Queen Sugar. And she made a little cameo appearance on Entourage. And we're just here today and we're having a conversation about just how she got started, how she booked certain jobs, how the audition room looked like, how many people was there. And the title of this episode, Be True to You, is really, it means a lot to me because as artists, actors, singers, even business owners, everybody, we all battle with being authentic and whether you should be yourself. And it sounds great to just say, I'm myself and this is who I am. But are you really like that in every aspect of your life? Are you authentic in everything that you do? As actors, we have to go into a casting office in front of a casting director and deliver an audition, a scene, a couple scenes that the casting director has seen a thousand times. How do we differentiate ourselves from the other 999 people that he has seen before? How do we stand out? And the one thing that caught on to me that I realized was everyone did something unique. Everyone who booked the role did something unique. Every brand that became successful did something unique and stuck to it. They knew their identity and they stayed true to who they were. When you're authentic, you create a good energy. People like being around you because you are unique. You look at any cast or any show on TV there are a bunch of different characters and each one of them are unique. You never see a cast with 10 people who have the exact same personality, do the exact same things. It, it just doesn't exist. That would be too boring. Even if we're watching a military show and everyone's dressed the same, everyone has different personalities. And people who auditioned for that show would have probably brought each of their personalities. Now, I'll give you a true story about me. I battle with the fact of, should I go into this audition with my accent? Or should I not go into this audition with my accent? And when I have my accent, I know I'm very unique. And I know it's, it's a lot of it is true to who I am. Because no matter how international you are, when you, or even locals, when you are the most angry, the most happy, your natural accent comes out. Whether you're from Texas or New York or France, wherever you are, when you laugh or you get angry and your real emotions come out, the real you comes out, it has a little accent behind it. And I said to myself this year, Darius, you're going to let everybody know who you are. This is your natural accent. This is your personality. This is, this is the genuine you. I went to audition for a play this year. This was my first time auditioning for a play in 2019. 
this is new year new me <laughs> and i get to the theater and i'm going over the scenes in my american accent when i'm getting ready to go up to audition and they call my name and i walk in I walk up on the stage the director is there other people are in the room and i'm getting ready to audition and she asks me do you have any questions on the character so i was like where's this character from in my american accent by the way we don't have a a period piece or identity or birthplace for this guy who i'm going to perform on stage so in my in my american accent i was asking that question i flipped the switch that jerk said i flipped the switch and let now is the time for me to practice going up on stage letting everyone know who i am and I delivered my lines in a Trinidadian accent. When I was doing it, I saw like eyes opening. They're like, what just happened there? Who is this guy? I just spoke to another guy and this is a new guy. And I was just me. I, I gave my accent. I did my thing and I left. I would say in a half an hour, they called me and said, look, you got a job. And I was like, wow, that was the first time I auditioned in a Trinidadian accent this year, 2019. And it felt good because it meant that I was being casted for my authentic self. And even if I didn't land the role or get the job, I left there driving back knowing that I gave something of myself and I gave who I truly was and this world is going to like this for 2019. Don't get me wrong, that journey of being authentic is tough because you keep thinking, what are people's opinions of me going to be? Will people like me? Will people accept me? It's so much easier living like a chameleon, trying to be like everybody else because in your mind you're thinking, this is what everybody wants me to be. You have to have the courage of staying true to who you are and who you want to be in this society that's trying to make everyone the same. I'll give you a one more quick story before I start this show. So people that move to LA normally just reach out to me because I am not shy of giving my information and advice and just helping everyone out. And yeah, I haven't been here for that long, but... I give as much information as I know to everyone else. So I sat down with this girl, and nice girl, 20 years old. And we sat down. She came to my place. We were talking about, you know, where to live, what to do. And she was talking about when she gets her next check, she's putting it into account to do plastic surgery on her nose. And I was like, why? Why, why would you want to do that? Especially at 20 years old, you don't even really know yourself she said back home in a small town a manager told her that she should have plastic surgery done on her nose in order to make it in LA and I was like wow and as much as I try to you know tell her your brand and your personality your image your heart your soul is what makes you unique and not your outward appearance I tried to implement that into her and it was sad to see that people who are mentoring 
others are telling people to change your outward appearance in order to make them accepted. Because your weight, your height, your smile, your teeth has nothing to do with success. Success and the people and brands that have been successful have genuinely been the most unique brands. So I told her, look at Owen Wilson. I mean, his nose is very unique. But he's probably a guy who just is who he is. And and then that exudes through the camera lens. He is authentic in who he is. His outward appearance has nothing to do with the job they cast for. They don't say, we need an Owen Wilson's nose. Life gives us many opportunities to be authentic. And for me, one of them came on that stage when I auditioned for that play. I gave myself, I used that opportunity to be authentic. Be aware of all the opportunities that may come your way to being authentic. It could be a business deal. It could be a relationship. Just be yourself. And before I start my conversation with Estrella, um, just tag me on Insta Story when you're listening to this. You could be in your car, going to work, coming home from work, in the gym, on the subway. Just tag me in it. I will respond at 1000 failures. Tag me. I'll respond and let me know your authentic story as well too. And I will give you some free advice on what to do and how to be authentic. Tag me on it and we have this podcast episode on YouTube as well. You will see the conversation between Estrella and I and how funny, how funny and emotional the story is. So let's do this. Estrella, take it away. And what's your story? Whew, um, it's definitely speaking of shaky. Um, I am born and raised in Sweden. I was actually born in a refugee camp in Sweden. My wow. parents are from Iran. And um, when we got to Sweden, just settling down there was a journey in itself. But my mom ended up in Sweden. My dad ended up in America. So we took a while, but we ended up in America. And um, my dream as a kid was always entertainment. It was something that came so naturally to me. Right. But... I'm Middle Eastern, and what that means is you're either going to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or a businesswoman. That is it. Um, so, who, so who set those those barriers for you? Is that like your family, or there's sure. more just society? So, what did your family tell you to do, or what oh, did they want you to become? You're going to go into the family business. You're going to be a doctor. Oh, nice. Period. That is it. And I was a biochem major. I had a four point twenty three. All I did basically was study. Like in high school, I studied. People partied. I played basketball and studied. <laughs> <laughs> that was my life. And then my rebellious moments were um, I actually would go and audition for a drama play. And out of, I don't know, 80 kids, I would get the lead role. Where, where was this? This was at a uh, private school here in America. Uh -huh. and, but I would also go back and forth a lot to Sweden, which was home, and um, until America finally became home. Right. Um, but yeah, and then my mom would find out that I 
got the lead and she would shut it down and she'd be like, no, like you're here to be a doctor, you're here to study, you're not here to be distracted. But I just kept holding on to that dream of like, I feel so alive on stage and I love entertaining people and making people feel something, you know? Yeah, that's your calling. Yeah. And although I was very studious and yes, I was very good at biology and chemistry and physics like that also did come that came to me but it wasn't like I, I didn't want to I didn't see my life in an ER right I saw my life on a stage so how did you battle that with your mom how old were you at this time when you had to like high school high school yeah I battled I was I mean it was like world war one two and three <laughs> you know combined in one um I just refused to give up. I would still go and audition. And then, you know, my most rebellious thing that I did was I did play the lead of uh, uh, whatever role I was going for at that time. And then I auditioned for another role, once again, still in high school, and I got that. And then we ended up going to Fullerton and winning, like, first prize. And I was like... um, It was Shakespeare, The Tempest. What? Yeah. What did Mama say? She freaks out. <laughs> she fully, fully freaked out. Um, but I just kept pushing. And then I'm also a singer, and teen people had a nationwide singing competition. So I remember bugging my mom, please take me, please take me, please take me, and she wouldn't do it. So then I bugged my friend's mom, please take me, what? please take me. And then um, she took me. And I... I remember showing up at this audition and people were there with their managers and agents and I had nothing. I didn't even have uh, the background vocals of a song. I went on stage, acapella, and just sang my heart out. Do you remember what you sang? Yes. What song was it? Um, It was, oh wait, hold on. Do I remember? It was Beautiful by Christina Aguilera and I Turned to You by Christina Aguilera. And I dedicated I Turned to You to my mom. Why? Yeah. Why? Why I turned to you, to your mom? Um, because no matter what, I wanted her to know that I know we were going through a weird moment of me rebellion, like having a rebellious moment of, "Mom, I love you, but this is my calling." I wanted her to still know that, no matter what, I will always turn to you. Uh, I'm about to shed a tear. Oh wow! So what happened in that competition? I won. What? I won California. And then there was also, so there was a singing, and then there was also a dance battle. Yeah. And if you look at me, you don't think that I can crump. I don't even know. Do you know what crumping is? I, I know what crumping is. I saw it on TV. Ah. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, I can crump. You could crump. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they crumped in high school, in private school. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, I would, have, I, like, I was this weird kid that would just, like, look up people crumping or I would follow there was this group called Tommy the Clown I don't know if you've ever heard of them never heard of it most people haven't but it's this guy who dresses up as a clown and takes kids that are in um, in neighborhoods where they can go down the wrong path Mm -hmm. and he's like take that anger and don't use it towards other people but use it towards a song and express yourself with music and dancing so I was like so about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I would watch those kids and I would go up to Tommy the Clown, like this like girl, and he would look at me like, You are in the wrong 
place, what are you doing here? And I was like, I want to dance with you guys. And he would just deny me and was like, you don't belong here. But I was so fascinated by the dancing. Like Tony Akron. Yeah. Yes. And I became just as good as, as those kids. Uh. Although he wouldn't let me be a part of the group. But I would go home and practice. And then I took that dancing and in the Teen People Nationwide competition, there was a dance battle. And these girls and kids who were incredible dancers like you would have to one-off battle them to the point where it was like one out of I don't know how many kids it led to me and someone else and then the audience had to scream the loudest <laughs> for the person that would win and here comes me dressed in all white in my heels with like my perfect I know right hair, like, this is my like girl. This. and comes this girl who's like looking more hip-hop like yeah and she did her dance and kind of looked at me like, girl, please, this is easy. And then the music came on and I went for it. And I won that as well. Wow. The girl from the private school won the crumping competition. What, what you remember what year this was? I'm not, a, I'm not good with time, so I don't remember. But it was I, like high school area. Yeah, because I, I feel like we have to build, a, have to build some kind of <laughs> statue out there. Out of high school. Yes. I put a crumping outside at private school. Yeah, literally. So... Yeah. So Ashella then wins this, and how does this relate to your mom and then you moving on with your career out of high school? Well, I went, so I won the competition for Teen People. Teen People flew me to New York. I had the most, and then flew my mom and I. I was underage. I wasn't. Mama. Even, yeah. Mama was so happy yet so, ugh, Estrella, this is not the path that I want you to go down. But she came. She was super supportive. Uh, I met with Sony. Um, they wanted to sign me. My mom shut it down. She's like, she's underage. She needs to finish school. Um, maybe when she's 18, we can talk about it. Right. So I came back home and went back to school, got back in my biochem routine. Then... Um, Wait, pull up. Pull up. How did you feel when your mom shut that down? Like you in the hotel room or you were that meeting? And yeah. how did it feel? Like, what did that feel inside right there? disappointing you know it's like a failure it's like you're so excited and you're just like oh my gosh here's an opportunity and you said the key word failure yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like a failure it's like I worked so hard up until that moment and I got it but the person that I love the most is shutting it down because she in her mind she loves me enough to protect me from it right and it's also, we are in a business that's not the most ethical. Right. You know, and my mom raised me very ethical. And that is something that she was afraid of. She was afraid of that someone was going to take advantage of me or someone's going to lead me down the wrong path or I was going to get involved in drugs and things that you see in like these lifetime Yeah. Movies, <laughs> you know? So, so, so you get back into the white, the white lab goods. <laughs> Yeah, the beakers, <laughs> literally. And yeah. then, and then, how do you, how do you trans transition out of that white lab coat back on stage? Well, okay. So my friend, she um, lives lived in a neighborhood where Entourage was filming. Mm, and she's like, that's one of my favorite TV shows. Really, Entourage. That is the first time I've ever been on set was on Entourage, ever. I'm about to shed another tear. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. That is so funny. But like, okay, so 
She calls me and uh-huh. she's like, Estrella, Entourage is filming right next door. And next, door next door to where? To her. Okay, cool. And I was like, wait, what? In LA? She's like, yeah. So I take my mom's car <clears throat> and I just go to LA. And um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to get on the show. And prior to that, I had spoken to someone who was like, hey, I want to manage you. But in order to get you on bigger roles, we need to get you SAG after. And I was like, okay, great. I want to become SAG after this month. And he kind of laughed at me and was like, that takes time. It could probably take a year or two. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I need to do that this month. Right. And he was kind of like, okay, little girl, relax. You don't have experience. You've never done anything. You've never, you know, you've done plays, but. Mm. So I found out Entourage is SAG after. So I. Walk onto the set. How did you walk? How did you walk onto the set? I dressed like I belonged on the show. Word. Yeah, I dressed like you can't tell me now. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's my advice. And by the way, I was terrified. Like I was shaking. I remember, like I was in the car and I was like, literally shaking, going like, I can't believe I'm about to walk on a set. There's police officers there. They might literally kick me off a set. They might be like, who's this crazy girl? All right. But I went on, I walked onto set, and I was like, hi, my name is Estrella Nori, and I'd, I'd like to speak to the casting director. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was your game plan? Yeah, that was my game plan. Just walk onto set, meet with the casting director. I didn't know anything about casting. I'd never gone on an audition other than, like, high school. How old were you at this time? I don't know. Still, like, high schoolish. Like, wow. Yeah, I don't. Cool. Yeah, around Cool, there. so you want to talk to the casting director. Yeah, so I go on, and I'm like, I want to talk to casting. And they're like, um, casting isn't on set. I was like, okay, well, I was told by so and so, which was really my friend's name, but I just, you know, you, like they don't know who she is, right. that this is where I need to come and speak to casting. They're like, the only casting that we have is like the people who put you on as an extra. Right. I, was, I didn't know what an extra was. I was like, that sounds great. Casting, great. Sign Let's me up. It. Yeah. So I meet with him, and I was like, hi, um, my name is Estrella Nori. I need to get my SAG after card. Can you help me do that? And he looked at me like, who's this girl? But he's like, yeah, I can help you do that. I'm like, great. Put me on the show. Um, once again, extra, right? Yeah. But I decided the first day that I was hi- like hired as a quote-unquote extra, I was going to get bumped. I just decided walking on set. Like, that's what's going to happen for me today. So I walk on, and... Um, I get bumped. You got bumped. Yeah. The director sees me and goes, okay, whoever she is, we're going to give her the title as an executive producer on the show, as like, but as a character, the executive assistant. I'm sorry, not right. producer. Executive assistant title. And I had to do this like walk and like show these like um, executives around. And that was my first time ever on set. Wow. Yeah. And I got my SAG after card. Wow. Applause to that. Yeah. So, so how, that was your game plan. You were just like, I'll figure it out when I get there and yeah. just own it, boss it. I was terrified, but my game plan was just do it. Yeah. You know, just move forward. I spoke to someone who said, get your SAG after card. I spoke to someone who taught me like, okay, meet with casting. So now I knew how it worked. I now was on set for the first time. And then now my goal was to get the right manager. And that for me 
was another obstacle and challenge. I was like, how do I do this? And then I finally got a manager who was very well known in the business. But even then, it's like, you have to be so confident about who you are, I feel like, before you go into these offices. Not just in a way of, I am confident I'm going to get this manager to sign me, but no matter what anyone says, it's not going to alter my my vision. Right. Because the first time I, I went to um, a manager who was very powerful in the business, the first thing that they said is, you're too curvy. Okay. Yeah, you should, you should lose 20 pounds. And is that ass real? Because if it is, we should lipo it off. Oh, wow. And that was, a, that was my, that was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, instead of like, wow, you're curvy. Let's, like people are paying to go and become quote unquote, you know, curvy. And they're getting an ass. I was told to lose 20 pounds, lose my ass. Even if that means I have to go to a doctor and like physically reduce it. So it's, it's great that you're bringing that up because I feel like a lot of people coming up in the industry and mm -hmm. trying to get their first manager, trying to get their first agent, mm -hmm. they feel that they have to do everything it takes to lock that one first meeting in. Mm -mm. And they lose everything that they are, their confidence, um, and their values. Yeah. Because they think that there's only one agent, one manager in this town. Uh -huh. How did you overcome that feeling? Because I know it's, it's a great thing when you have a meeting with a manager. Yeah. But when you get into a meeting with a manager and it doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. how do you overcome that feeling? Like, what was your feeling at that time? You sat with that guy and, and you're like, <laughs> like, put my ass on everything like that. Yeah. What was your, what was your initial feeling? My initial feeling was, ouch. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to hear someone say, you need to lose 20 pounds and you need to go to a doctor and surgically, like, lipo your assets. It's not a good feeling. Right. But my mom raised me to be very strong. Yeah, she did, mama. Mm -hmm. So my response to that was, okay, I hear you put me in a room and the moment that you put me in a room just trust that I can book it right first room you put me in I'll book it and he once again looked at me like oh little girl like it's gonna take so many rooms to get into right. before you book it and I was like just just put me in a room so the first room he put me in was um, two broke girls mm -hmm. and it was for the role of Judy and Judy was known for her booty all right, Judy with a booty. Yeah. <laughs> so he so he looked for that audition with a booty. Well, it came up. Okay. And he's like, go for it. And I was like, okay. I went and I got it. So that was CBS show, um, Two Broke Girls, and I, I got the role. All right, so you got into the audition. Mm -hmm. This is what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. So you get there. Is it at CBS Studios? It was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. So you get there, is, it, is there a room full of girls that look like you, same yes. body type like you? What yes. was it? It was a lot of girls with, that were curvy. Mm -hmm. um, we, I wouldn't say, there was also girls there who had, uh, didn't have real booties, but they had definitely gone out of their way to 
had yeah, that. Enhance it, enhance yeah, to, it, yeah. to enhance it. So there were girls like that there too. Um, t- originally, the role was for a French curvy uh, Kim Kardashian-like with the booty. Right. That was the title of it. Yeah, that was So it. name it. Yeah, there was definitely That's, a whole bunch of girls that looked like that, which is intimidating at first. So, um, you, so you get in that room, mm-hmm. sitting in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your feeling? Like, do I know my lines or is it you look around? Like, what was your feeling in the room at that time? For that audition, honestly, I was like, I'm going to book this role. Oh, you just had it in your mind. That role was for you. That role was for me. I always feel like the roles that I've booked, the moment that I, before I walked in, I knew I was going to book it. And the roles that I'm like, mm, I don't really see myself, but I'm going to put myself out there, I don't tend to book. But I'm very, like, when I walk into a room, I'm very focused, like, this is my role. Like, that's it. Yeah, and so you get into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't had anything under your belt, like, no. any, anything under your belt. You get into this room. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how many people were in the room, at the casting <gasps> room? There was a lot. Oh my gosh, there were so many girls. I was like, but... In, in the audition room itself? Yeah, in the audition room. Oh, no, not in the audition room itself. In the waiting room. All right, itself. in the waiting room is a lot of girls, but you get into the actual room. Yes. What was it like? This one was just the casting director, and usually it's the casting director and someone who operates the camera, and then Yourself. me. But it was just her, the casting director, and me, and she had me do it. Um, and then she had me do it again in a different way, and that was it. And then you left. Yeah, and I left. But I knew, I knew I had it when I left. You hit certain points that you wanted to hit while yeah. doing the audition. Yeah, I just felt like I was the role. That that's the same because the jobs that I have booked. Yeah. Y- you know, and you've you've hit your parts that you know that you wanted to hit is like the curve, the arc is yeah. like, the light was good, it flowed right. Yeah. And sometimes it's about just starting off the audition right. Just how you start it's, and you hit it, it's like you know exactly when you do it. Exactly. So, so you left and what, what, how did you find out about it? Email, phone call, text message. Right? Um, so I left and at first I was like, I waited a couple hours and I was like, oh, I, di- I didn't hear back, right. you know? And then... That actually made me feel some type of way. That, yeah, that made me feel some type of way because I was like, I, I should have heard something by now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's funny because you'll. I was like, I, I know I got this. I know that was for me. Like, why isn't it happening? So of course I pull out the ice cream in the fridge and I'm like starting to <laughs> eat it and I'm going through my roller coaster and then I get the call from my manager. You booked the role. Direct, like just not a call back. Direct. Wow. Yeah, so I take the ice cream, put it back in the fridge, <laughs> stay back in there. <laughs> and you booked the role. Yeah. It was super dope. Yeah, it was cool. And, uh, well, so that was, the, do you remember the time frame between the casting to when you had to shoot? Like, how long was it? Like a month? Is it a few weeks? It, a few this, days? This one, I think, was next week. So wow. it was like a few, I think I found out I booked it on Friday and started shooting on like a Tuesday and and for a person who hasn't done anything on TV mm-hmm. or of like any big films that first day or you're preparing you're learning your lines and stuff mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, how do you have a feeling that 
I don't know if I'm good enough to do this or like I don't know if I have the confidence to do this or yeah. am I going to be good enough or are they going to like me like what's that feeling the first day you get on a set mm. and you have to work yeah. what's that like you know for me on two broke girls I didn't have that feeling I was very like I am this part well first of all two broke girls worked differently they're the first thing that we did was a table read. And that I think was a little bit nerve wracking for me, but it was awesome because it prepped me for um, all the rehearsals we did before we shot in front of a live audience. Mm. So the table read, oh my gosh, there was so many people in the room. You have all the castmates, then you have all the executives of Warner Brothers and I bet CBS and the casting director and they can also cut you. Yeah, you like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they can literally cut. They, I think they do the table read to make sure that the executive producers made the, you know, the cast. I think it's it's like another audition. Right. You know, so you can lose it. Um, and that was a bit nerve wracking because I've never done a table read. Do I look at my, <laughs> you know, the person that I'm doing the scene with? Do I look at... The, the paper, like, what do I do? Do you Google, Google, how do I audition a table read? <laughs> right, like, I just, but I went in there and I was like, I'm the character uh -huh. and I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. And I did it. And uh, executive producer was like, we love you. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Oh my God. Yeah, which was awesome. So did, did you, is it a bunch of episodes or was it like one? This was one episode called uh, and the big butt. Okay. Yeah. And, um, which was, but it took a lot of prep work for that episode. There was a table read. There was days of rehearsals. There was then having to, um, tape it in front of a live audience. And it, it was like, not like a one or two day thing. It, I don't remember, but I think it was like a week of shooting. Wow. For one episode. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, but you did it. Oh yeah, you you nailed it. It's fun. And yeah. um, and then you had that under your belt. Mm -hmm. What was the next big thing that you booked? Well, then it was. Which I know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> what but was it? You tell you you tell me. I'm starting to forget. Right. Um, <coughs> queen sugar. Oh yeah, queen. Let's sugar. talk about queen sugar. <laughs> Let's talk about queen sugar. Queen sugar. Yeah, queen sugar was a dream come true. I've always wanted to work with Oprah Winfrey, Ava DuVernay. Oh, I know, right? Oprah is my idol. I know. I know. I know. Who, like, she's like everyone's idol, I think. Right. Right? All right, so let me hear how you did, how did you get Queen Sugar? How did I get Queen Sugar? Okay, so. Audition. Audition. Check your email. I checked my email. Uh -huh. I was like, oh my gosh. First thing I saw was Ava DuVernay. I was like, I knew about Ava DuVernay from Salma and even her work before then. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to work. And then I see executive producer Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, <gasps> boom. Wow. So then I'm like, dear God, let this be a role that I'm excited about. Um, so I look at the email and I see the sides and the character's role originally was Fatima before it changed to Melina Gold. And um, the first scene that they had us audition with was so intense. And I felt so connected to this character that I was like, that's it, this is, I, I'm 100% getting this role. 
like the same feeling you had the last time like 100%. two broke girls yeah i was like this is my role i know it like i and i like remember calling my friend and i was like please come over i need to run these lines with you she comes over i'm like going through the back history of this character with her and then she goes strola have you cuz my character is raped on mm. on um on uh queen sugar and she's like have you actually been raped and she gets all teary and i'm like no i'm acting you yeah. know but i had just connected with the character and i understood her so deeply that i just knew how to make her real yeah so yeah was it a self tape or did you have to go into the studio no i went back into warner brothers and um What what is this like two for two in Warner Brothers? Well, I know, right? I'm like Warner Brothers, wow. you got my back. Warner Brothers, shout out Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>, uh. <laughs> All right, so you go back into Warner Brothers. This casting room, what is this audition room look like? Is it a lot of people? Is it people that look like you? Uh, well, you know, yes, there was a lot of girls that looked like me. But I will say something beforehand. Mm. I had gotten some advice before uh, or after Two Broke Girls. and they were like before you get into these audition rooms Estrella don't wear heels you're too tall um wear clothes that don't show how curvy you are um don't wear makeup so i was going into these rooms feeling like not myself mm. you know just feeling like i'm trying to be something i'm not and then i got to a point and by the way i stopped i stopped booking because of that too, right? So then I had a little switch. I had a moment where I was like when I walk into this two broke girls, I'm sorry. When I walk into this Queen Sugar audition, I'm going to go in wearing what I feel like is suited for this role. I'm not taking anyone's opinion. I'm taking my own. I'm going with my gut. I'm going in as a role. I'm booking this. All right. So, I You um, wore heels. I wore heels. Wore he- I wore an outfit that <laughs> showed my- every single curve <laughs> God gave me, you know. Right. And um I went determined. I was like I am this role. And so when I went in there, yes, I saw girls who 100% looked like me. And I was like I'm not phased. And I walked into the audition room and I saw that oh, I've met this casting director before. So I walk in and it wasn't Once again it was just her. It was just the camera and she was also reading it. And she was like, "Go." Which yeah. was something I wasn't used to because um I'm used to, you know, you're someone's videoing and you're it's it it was a couple scenes. It was right. like a lot of it was a lot of dialogue. It was super emotional. Um so I thought I would have a reader. So that at first threw me. because I wasn't used to yeah. having massive dialogue and having it be with the casting director. I was right. used to like the casting director looking at me going through the journey of the character. And um yeah, so I just I just did it. How do you feel when that she said go? Did did you feel cuz sometimes I do auditions and yeah. I remember one time I was in a one of like big casting uh, offices and they said go It was like my first time in that office. So I was already starstruck. Mm-hmm. And um and it's like go and it, it really threw me off and I wasn't able to catch back up. Yeah. You know? 
So how did you feel when they said go? Were, were you thrown off and you were stumbled or was it thrown off, jump back on your saddle and you're... Yeah, well, I've gone through what you've gone through multiple times. I've gone through moments where I've gone into an audition room and I just felt like, what just happened? What did I do? Right. Like, dear God, did they really see that? <laughs> you know, like we've had, we've all had those moments, right? Right. But with this moment, I was just so zoned in as the character and I brought something else to it. Like they, the character was Middle Eastern and they didn't have her speaking Farsi at all. But I started the role with Farsi. And I think that was something that was shocking. So you brought something else to this role. Yes. You brought Farsi to this role. Yes. It wasn't on the script, on the sides, no. nothing. And you're told not to do that, by the way, right. which I did. Right. So, you, <laughs> so they now remembered you as that person who brought that. What gave you the confidence to do that? I just felt like this is the character. Like, this is her. Like, but how could you do that? Because it was her. I gotcha. really, really felt like it was her. Like, it wasn't right. me reading words off of a paper. You it, were just her. Yeah, I was just being her. And then you walked in there with your heels and mm. everything everything that was you. And that, I think, is, is so important for everyone to know that we, we are in L.A. Yeah. People come here thinking... I'm the prettiest one in my town in Nebraska and right. Wisconsin. I'm the prettiest one. I should move to LA. Mm -hmm. And you get here and you realize there are 200 people that look just like you. 2,000, if not 2,000, sorry. <laughs> 2,000 that look just like you. Yeah. Has followers on Instagram, has right. this and that. But there's only one person that has your spirit and yeah. that has your soul. So when that person tells you not to wear your heels, not to wear your curves, that takes away from your soul. You can't give 100% in that casting room uh -huh. you know you can't do that so when you go in there as who you are you are Estrella you own that room you're giving them a hundred percent of your soul and yes. no matter how many people look like you on camera that soul is transcended way through that lens and that's so commendable and for everybody to hear that you own that thank you and that was so beautifully put yeah you're right it is you're if you're not careful your soul is tainted you know, right. and you can't allow that. And everybody has an opinion. You're too tall. You're too curvy. Lose weight. Gain weight. <laughs> Everyone has, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, you're, you need a tan or you're too wide or it's just like. No, no. You, you have to be, you have to be fully confident mm -hmm. in your body. Mm -hmm. Your body transcends to your soul. Your soul yes. then could transcend into a character. Absolutely. You know, so um, I think you portrayed that there Thank so you. you did that audition yeah you went home you drove in your car yeah you were you heading back for ice cream or were you <laughs> like all right let's pack our bags we're working no well i was like at first i was like wait a minute why were you thrown off in the beginning and i was stuck the fact that i was thrown off but i was obviously not thrown off enough where uh, they weren't impressed right. you know and you're also so critical of yourself, right? So I just felt like, you know what? I gave it my all. I'm going to hear something tonight. I don't hear anything. Ooh. And then I'm just like, ah, like, how am I not hearing anything? This role, I just feel like it's mine. Yeah. And um, I, I was definitely like, one, next day went by, didn't hear anything. I was like, what is happening? So then I think... 
two weeks go by. Oof. Right? And You're like two tubs of ice cream deep. Two, I know. I'm like <laughs> three tubs of ice cream deep. I'm getting, no, I'm just kidding. But definitely, yeah, you get, actually, I remember going to my girlfriend and I'm like, to my best friend. And I'm just like, girl, like, I think we probably did go to an ice cream place. <laughs> we probably did. Mm. Yeah. That is uh, a weakness of mine. Right. And um, yeah, so two weeks in, I think, I get a call from my manager and he's like, whatever you're doing, drop it. And Ava DuVernay wants to meet you. Hold up. Now we have to hold up because yeah. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Where were you? What were you doing? Because I know if I was driving, I might just crash a car. Can I, I pull over? What, what, you remember what you were doing when you got that call? Yeah, well, a lot of people don't know this about me because I don't know why they just assume. But I'm actually going to say this again. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about me. But when I first came to LA, right, and I went to pursue acting, uh, my mom was not on board. Right. As we. Right. We, yeah. So. My mom wasn't on board, so when I came to LA, I had three jobs. I was like determined to make this go right on my own. And my mom, of course, I was uh, dependent on her. I, I wasn't even—I don't think I was even. But you still had to make your own bread. Yeah. Right. But she cut me off because she was like, "You're supposed to go be a doctor. You're not supposed to go be an actor. Like, what are you doing? I'm gonna cut you off. You're not gonna have anything. You're just gonna have to figure it out." And I think she thought. In a week, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. But in about a week, I had three jobs. Mm -hmm. And I made every, and on top of being an acting class. And right. I made everything go right. And as I started booking, it became two jobs. And then it became just one job. So I was still hustling on the side while I was going on these auditions and working my ass off and, you know, having all these bills that we have as actors. Right. So I still had a job, and I worked at a clothing store before I was on Queen Sugar. So I was literally working. Oh my god! You know when I got that call, right? And people who know me know that like my priority is like my acting and my my music. So I picked up the call while I was like on the floor working. I was like, "Hello," and he's like, "Ava DuVernay wants to meet you." I was like, "But okay." I was like, "Okay, I'm at work." I'll get off. And he's like, well, can you be at blah, blah, blah in, in 30 minutes? Wait. I was like, I feel like a cop. I feel like a cop. Is so this is, on. this is the decision right here. Yeah. Do I walk out of my, you know, paying job um, for the risk of an audition or a callback with Ava DuVernay? And for me, that was a no brainer. Right. I literally went and I was like, I, I need to go. You, re you came this far past mama. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's too far to go back now. It's oh, over. yeah. All right, cool. I was like, you know, I, I, have to, I have to go. And they were like, no. I was like, I don't feel well. I got to go. It's that time of the month. <laughs> whatever <laughs> They can't is. tell you I no. I got the flu. I got pneumonia. Oh, whatever. I got to go. And um, you had to Eva. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm running to the car to go. I get another call from my manager. And I'm like, oh, I think I just lost my job, by the way, because I wasn't taking no as an answer to leave. And uh, I get a call from my manager, and he's like, oh, um, it, it has been rescheduled. Don't, don't, don't. Darn it. I'm like, darn 
and I like just walked off of of my you know off of. You're like, I quit. I quit. I literally just quit like, for this. Je- Jeffrey from Fresh Prince. He's like, I quit. I know, right? And I'm like, what did I just do? Yeah. You know? Um, but I was like, I'm going to get this role. I don't care. Yeah. Fine. I-, I lost the job. I don't care. I'm getting this role. And uh, I don't hear anything for another two weeks. So you met with Ava? No. It got res- quote unquote rescheduled. Right. So you don't hear anything. So I don't hear anything for another two weeks. Um, so I checked my email and, um, I see that Estralinois call back Queen Sugar. I was like, okay, by the way, I thankfully didn't lose my job. So I remember the day that I got that call back, I was once again working Right. and, uh, the call back was the next day. I was like, damn it. I'm working until 11. I gotta go home. I gotta, I gotta learn these lines again. And. I have like so much work to put in for the callback. So um, this time I couldn't just walk off. Um, so I, I worked until 11, met up with my friend, ran lines until I don't know what time in the morning, went to bed, woke up, decided I'm going to get this role, wore the same outfit, walked into Warner Brothers, walked into the room. But before I walked into the room, I noticed there wasn't anybody else there. Mm. I was like, Usually there's like three to four girls that look like me. Mm. I walk into the room with the casting director and she goes, go. So I do it all over again. And then she goes, you know what? Now I want you to improv with me. And I do. And then the next thing she says is, you got the role. What did that feel like? I know you feel it right now. Oh my God, I do. It's like as if it's happening. Like I literally was like, I think I was just in shock. I'm going to start crying. I feel like I want to cry with you too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, she just was like... Because, yeah. Yeah, she's like, you got the role. Mm. If you will accept it. And I was I'm like... like <laughs> she just called my manager. And I was like, <laughs> will I accept it? Like, I was just so... I think I was so calm in the moment because I was shocked. Right. And then she was like... Um, I was like, thank you. And I was still trying to process everything. So then she took me to another room. And she's like, we can't um, release the full script, but I'm going to give you the full script right now and have you read it. And then we're going to be talking to your to your manager and um, we're going to go from there. And I said, thank you so much. And she left me in a room by myself with the script and I started crying. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't let her see me cry, but I started crying. Yeah. And I was like so excited and was like, oh my gosh, like I have worked so hard I'm gonna yeah up until this moment and here I go here's a shot I have six episodes with Ava DuVernay executive producer Oprah Winfrey this is such a dream come true yeah so um and yeah that was that and that was it and when did you start working from the time you had the script like a few days weeks no this production was it was their first season so that's why um, the callbacks were taking longer. And we shot a little over a month since the day that they said I got the role. Yeah. And that was nerve-wracking because what if they cut the scene? Right. What if they cut my character? What if they um, go a different direction? What if you just never know? Yeah. So you have one month of prepping, but then also 
you're nervous. Right. And then you're going to New Orleans. You're not even doing it in LA. <laughs> Which I loved. Which I, I mean, if yeah. I, somebody paid for me to work outside the state, I am gone. I was so happy. I was yeah. in New Orleans. And I New Orleans. New Orleans, which is such an incredible city. Right. And I just had so much fun. And, like, I just had the greatest time and worked with so many amazing people. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and how long did, were you down in New Orleans for? Um, well, they kept flying me back and forth. Okay. So I think I was there originally for a week or two weeks maybe, and then I came back, and then another um, couple weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so yeah. before we wrap up everything, and yeah. this has been so amazing, I want to know from you, um, it is called 1,000 Failures. Oh, yeah. And I, I know from my experience, when I got into a sitting casting room and it was – like a, I was in shock and awe, mm-hmm. um, and I got there and I couldn't even go the first time and it was like hard for me. Then I got called back at t- another audition there again, but that next time it was easier. So yeah. for me, I kind of learned from my first failure. Yeah. Uh, from your jobs and everything you've done, mm-hmm. what has your failures taught you the most in as an actor? What failure one you remember the most and which one has taught you the most I still fail Mm -hmm. you know I'm still failing and I think that's as long as you're failing forward Mm -hmm. it's a good thing you know just keep going that's what my failures have taught me I think the people that come to LA and they have these big dreams their failures intimidate them and that's what leads them to go back home but Failure is a good thing. I think even Will Smith talks about it. Mm-hmm. And he says, even when we're working out, in order for our muscles to grow, we try to get the muscle to reach failure, right? Mm-hmm. So that it, I mean, I don't know the, he, he speaks about it, Will Smith, so yeah. go check that out. But um, failure is a good thing. You just learn a way to not do it. You know, so for me, I've had moments in casting offices where I was like, why did I just get nervous? Mm. And then I went, nerves, that's energy. Channel it into a different way and, and use it rather than be an effect to it. And I've learned in life, not just in, but just in everyday life, which is to be causative, be cause over life rather than effect. So when you walk into an audition room, don't be effect of the audition room, mm. you know, be that causative force that makes things go right, mm-hmm. you know, that makes eye contact with the casting director and goes, hey, I see you. Thank you for having me. You know, um, I think a lot of people also, and I've had moments of this as well, doesn't, they might not even confront the role. It's just lines in a piece of paper and they go and they just read it rather than truly becoming the character and having fun with it. So just keep going, push forward. Anyone can make their dreams come true, no matter what, what field it is. And uh, have fun and make it go right. Yes. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you so much. Hey. hey. Nice one. <laughs> nice. Cool. Nice, what a way to close out episode three. Some good advice from Estrella of 
just staying true to who you are because that's the only way you could reach a character reach a potential customer reach a relationship or a partner just stay true to who you are and the right people the right jobs the right clients will come your way thank you again Estrella and before I go please rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify just leave a comment rate it review it say something um, that helps me get up in the rankings and it helps my podcast move up so Support your boy. Next week, I have one of my favorite people in LA coming to talk with me, Amy Linden. She is a booking coach here in Los Angeles and the most knowledgeable person of the industry here. She's going to talk about how auditioning for a feature film is different from a TV show or auditioning for a comedy with four cameras is different from one. She has 50 people on network TV right now. She's amazing. Amy Linden is just a ball of energy. And next week, if you're an actor, tune in because you're going to get some real gems from this lady. Amy is my favorite. So tune in. Check the YouTube channel, 1000 Failures. Everything from this episode is going to be on there. Plus more, some behind-the-scenes stuff of me on sets and in audition rooms and just what it's like in this industry. My YouTube page... 1000 failures or you just put my name in Darius Marcellin thank you and if you know anyone who's an actor getting into acting or just curious about what goes on in Hollywood share this page with them see you next week Wednesday thank you